Hello, friend. This is Taylor with an exciting and important announcement before this episode begins. For the past few years, I've gotten lots of requests from men in my courses for an in-person workshop or retreat. And I'm happy to say that this year it's finally happening in the beautiful mountains just outside of Asheville on July 11th through the 14th. And it includes a nine-week online men's group and training that starts three weeks before the retreat to help us integrate the work we're going to be doing together into our regular everyday lives. The program is called Liberate Your Life Force, and it's for any man who wants to feel truly vital and alive and liberated in his life on a daily basis in things like sex, relationships, in your family, in your business, and with your mission and purpose in life. Yes, <laughs> let's take a breath to that. <sighs> mm. I am co-facilitating this program with my good friend Thomas Duchin, and we've created this program based on our years of working with hundreds of men and figuring out some of the most effective and powerful ways to help us break through the most common ways men get blocked in life, with things like sexual shame, emotional closure and numbness, being the lone wolf, being the nice guy, difficulty receiving, and so many more ways that we hold ourselves back. The good news is we can actually work through these things and come out way stronger on the other side, especially when supported by a group of men and in-person processes that challenge you to become your best self. If this is something that sounds good to you, you can go to my website and click the retreat menu option to learn more. And know that enrollment is first come, first serve by application only, and it's limited to just 18 men, so we can have a truly powerful and tight-knit group. It's going to be profound, it's going to be fun, it's going to be challenging, and I'm so excited to share it with you and the group of men who have already signed up. So if you're interested, again, check out my website. And with all that being said, let's get into today's episode. Any guy should have healthy, normal sex drive, and that goes for any age. Mm -hmm. And um, often older men have a declining libido or sex drive because their hormones are declining. Mm -hmm. And so I view that as an indicator, as a, as a subjective assessment or metric that we can use to, to gauge that. Mm -hmm. And so when your hormones are optimized, yes, you should still be having sex drive and, and sexual activity. Hello, friend, and welcome to the Sex Upgraded Podcast, a podcast for men all about sex, where we'll combine real, authentic, and down-to-earth conversations about sex, life, and relationships with some pretty wild personal stories and practical how-to episodes as well with guest experts from around the world to help you have the most amazing sex life you can possibly have. My name is Taylor and I'll be your host on this journey and it's my goal with each episode to give you practical, actionable things you can start doing today to improve your sex life and your entire life because a thriving sex life will help you thrive in all areas of your life. So let's begin today's episode by starting with a deep breath in through the nose into the belly together. Exhaling with an audible sigh. And let's get into today's episode. So there has been a lot of talk about hormones recently, at least in the circles that I'm a part of. And in some of the podcasts I listen to and some of the men's groups I'm a part of too, and maybe it's because I'm 38 now, I'm getting what some would call older. <laughs> the talk of hormones and the talk of life optimization it's coming up more and more and more. And today I'm really excited to be joined by Dr. Tracy Gappin, who is a board certified urologist and who is somebody who not only is that, but also who works with entrepreneurs and athletes and helps people to optimize their performance in all areas of life. So I'd love to dive into a bunch of this stuff and share some of my own personal journey with it and get your perspective here today uh, for the benefit of everybody listening and men around the world. Thank you, Tracy, for being here. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Taylor. Glad to be with you. Yeah. So could you give just a little rundown? What is it that you do? Who are you and, and what do you do in the world? And then I'll ask some more yeah, specific thanks. questions. So I like to joke that I'm a retired or I'm a recovering urologist after almost 25 years of urology. I stepped away from traditional medicine about three years ago. And uh, now I'm, I'm the founder CEO of Gappin Institute, where we focus on precision medicine, really to help um, entrepreneurs who want to optimize health performance and longevity. Mm -hmm. Great. So like, what are some of the main things that you find yourself doing with people? So the most common things I see with entrepreneurs 
are have low energy. I have difficulty focusing. I have brain fog. Can't can't think like I used to. Yeah. Um, can't burn fat. Can't build muscle like I used to. Hmm. Um, sex drive isn't what it is. Not performing the way I I could in the past. And um, you know, guys will say I want to be the best version of myself. Um, what I got to do to live not just longer but better. Totally. And you know, a lot, there's a lot of talk about longevity, which is great. But I, I mean shit, I want to be my best self right now. And I'm not focused on when I'm 90 or hundred. Yeah. And so a lot of guys have the, those same concerns mm-hmm. and, um, you know, men are simple creatures. Most of the, most of the clients I work with are men. We, we work with some women as well, but mostly men. And it's those same issues over and over again. And so, uh, that's what we really got good at. Yeah. Would you say it's always the same cause or, oh my gosh, no, no. Yeah, no, it's actually interestingly different. In almost every guy we work with. Mm. Yeah. And so, I have a, um, what I call my gap in method where we take a, a very precision based approach. Uh, we start with, um, precision discovery where we understand, you know, where are you now? Where do you want to be diving deep into lifestyle environment? It could be alcohol. It could be toxins. It could be poor sleep. It could be anything you, you could think of related yeah. to lifestyle. And then we look at precision diagnostics where we dive deep into the, into the, the advanced testing, looking at labs for hormones micronutrient levels, inflammation, cardiovascular risk, gut health, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and that's, I call that finding your blind spots. And then precision data, I like to say one size fails all. And so we use data like genetics and uh, wearable technology and uh, body composition uh, testing, all so that we can understand exactly what's right for you and have clear metrics to understand if what's working or not. Yeah. Because every guy is so different. And, and what I recommend for Joe isn't going to be the same for Bob or Paul right. uh, or Taylor. Right. Um, and then it comes down to precision design. And that's that's the fun part. That's where we really design a blueprint for you when it comes to, you know, guys say, just tell me what to do. Yeah. Guy, you know, guy, we're, again, we're simple creatures and we just want to give me clear framework of what do I need to do in my daily life. Mm-hmm. And so that includes lifestyle, you know, stress and sleep and fitness and nutrition. It involves molecules, so we'll often prescribe hormones or supplements or some fun peptides, um, and then we may incorporate some alternative therapies like you know red light, cryo, sauna, yeah. uh, PEMF, you know, fun stuff like that as well. This sounds quite different from traditional urology. This is not urology, my friend. <laughs> yeah, this is precision medicine. Yeah. This is um, this is for high performers who who really want to you know have more energy, burn fat, build muscle, have better sex, and live longer. Right. Right. Got it. So. Lots of guys are different and you prescribe different things for different people. Have you seen some general themes though, in terms of the underlying causes? Yeah, great question. Uh, I would say uh, yes, um, without question. Some of the common culprits we see are number one, hormones. So I call it a testosterone epidemic we're dealing with where almost every man I meet has low testosterone levels. Mm -hmm. And when they have low testosterone, they often have issues with other hormones. And, you know, the mistake that a lot of men's health centers will make, I'm using air quotes here for those of you listening, Mm -hmm. is they'll focus on just testosterone. Come on and get your testosterone shot and you're good. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem with that is that we have 50 hormones in our body Mm -hmm. we have to worry about. Yeah. It's not just testosterone. It's DHEA. It's thyroid. It's nitric oxide. It's vitamin D. It's melatonin. It's progesterone. It's estrogen. It's leptin. It's ghrelin. It's all these hormones that come together and have an influence and so we need to look at them as a whole and understand how they're each coming into play. So hormones is without question one of the biggest culprits. Yeah. Gut health would be the next one. So issues with our microbiome, which is the balance of the good bugs and bad bugs in our gut. And there's this constant battle between the, the good and bad. Mm-hmm. And that dramatically affects energy, totally. hormones, neurotransmitters, yeah. metabolism, immune system. And so that's often an underlying problem as well, Taylor. Cool. So let's, before we keep going in that direction, I want to jump into the testosterone piece because you just said almost every man you meet has low testosterone. And I'm curious, like what sort of metric are you using for that? Do you, do you have a certain number in mind? It's like, and, yeah, and what is Yeah. Great question. So in general, most docs are looking at total testosterone, which uh, is flawed for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Number one, your total testosterone doesn't matter. Right. Because a lot of your testosterone, most of it, in fact, almost all of it is bound to proteins in the bloodstream, which make it inactive or unavailable for use. Mm. It's bound to proteins like SHBG or sex hormone binding globulin, and then to a lesser extent, other proteins like albumin, et cetera. 
when testosterone is bound, it cannot get into the cell. It cannot bind to the androgen receptor on, on, on the surface of any cell. Yeah. And therefore, it cannot have any physiologic effect. And so we care about free testosterone specifically. Mm -hmm. And so for all the men out there listening, be sure you're checking your free testosterone, not total, but the free, because that's what really matters. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next thing to understand is that the lab numbers on the right side of the page, when you're looking at your lab results, that's not optimal, ideal where you should be. Mm -hmm. That range on the right, if you look at the top, Mm -hmm. it doesn't say optimized levels or best levels. It says what? Reference range. Yeah, it says normal. This is the normal. So what is normal is the question. Right. And your doctor will tell if you're in that range, your doctor is going to tell you you're quote normal. I would tell you that word normal makes me want to puke. Yeah. Because that range is simply the average of all the lab tests that this lab may do. So LabCorp, Quest, or wherever you're going mm -hmm. is going to get a billion testosterone levels drawn, and they're going to simply have the average or the median. And then statistically, two standard deviations above and below that median will give you that reference range that they put on that page. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see this ridiculous range of like 212 to 880 or something like that as the, as this quote reference range. Yeah. And, and guys will go to their primary care doctor and, whoa, you're just – you're your total testosterone is 301, so you're normal, quote unquote, dear mm -hmm. God, and therefore you don't quote qualify for testosterone therapy. Yeah. So the problems with that are number one, you can't look at total; you have to look at free, and number two, you have to understand that the reference range is just the average. We know from three massive longitudinal studies, one here in the U.S. and two in Europe, these were 20, 30 year studies mm -hmm. that follow lab numbers, and they found that free testosterone is down by almost 50% over the last 20 years. 50% drop in free testosterone. It's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you look when you look at that reference range, next time you look at that, think about the fact that that range is almost 50% lower than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. And so you don't want to be on the lower end of that range. You want to be in the upper end of that range. In fact, sometimes you want to actually even be above the range, and that's okay. Hmm. And so to give the listeners a target, Guys always just give me a number. What's the number? Yeah. In general, it depends on the scale you're using, mm -hmm. but in general, you want the free testosterone to be around 20 to 25. Mm. Got Some it. guys maybe need it higher than that. Some guys may be okay with a little lower than that, but generally a target for free testosterone is around 20 to 25. Some labs have a different scale where that number should be 200 to 250. So you mm -hmm. got to understand which scale you're using. Got it. But it's just a decimal point we're talking about here. That's right. Yeah, and that that's right. And most guys, Taylor, they'll come in and their free T will be four. Mm -hmm. It'll be six. And their doctor told them they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the real problem. Yeah. So, all right. So let's, I want to make this personal because I think it'll be really interesting for the listeners and maybe add a new, a new nuance that you haven't done on yeah. a show. Who knows? So a couple months ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do a testosterone test, but I'm going to do some Perfect. hormone tests. And I got a before yeah. and after, and I did a 30 day like not extreme, but somewhat of a testosterone boosting protocol to see what would happen, nice. you know? Awesome. And nice. it was really a really interesting experience. I have some numbers that I can share. Um, I can also link to the YouTube video that I shared about that in the description, but just the quick baseline is that after 30 days, my testosterone, my testosterone levels didn't change at all. But what did change was my cortisol, my stress hormones dropped like 25%. It was really interesting because I was experiencing... Uh, lethargy, lack of motivation, lack of sexual desire. I was experiencing difficulty getting regular erections with my partner. And when I look at my lifestyle, we had bought a house months beforehand. We had been renovating, renovating, renovating. I had yep. been working constantly, doing all this shit all the time. And yeah. I thought, oh, if I just work harder and boost my testosterone, then certainly I'll feel better again. <laughs> but it yeah. seems like what my what I'm making it mean is that oh maybe I needed to actually just de-stress and get some massages. Yeah. At least that's what seems to be reflected in the data. I'm wondering yeah. what your thoughts are on that. Stress is such a big deal and then Taylor I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up. So most guys I work with when I ask them about stress like yeah yeah I'm fine. I'm no, no I'm okay. I'm I'm you know I'm driven, I'm a grinder. I stress doesn't bother me. Yeah. But what happens is when you're constantly going you're like a race car in the red where you, you think you can survive and, and be okay yeah that chronically elevated cortisol which is your stress hormone 
what does it do? It has a number of bad consequences. Number one is it crushes other hormones. Mm -hmm. It turns off testosterone production, turns off thyroid production, turns off DHEA. Mm -hmm. It crushes your gut. So cortisol is a catabolic hormone. It is, that means it's preparing your body to go fight that tiger that doesn't exist, mm -hmm. right? It's just in our minds. It's just us not knowing how to turn it off. And so it's mobilizing fuel to fight this tiger. Yeah. It raises blood sugar, which is not good for building muscle burning fat. It crushes your gut. It's actually depleting the healthy amino acid lining that's protecting your gut to use those. It's like tearing down your house to use the bricks. Yeah. And what that does now is it causes major gut issues, which then have a, 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 a even further con uh, you know downstream effect on the rest of your body as well, on neurotransmitters, on hormones, on everything. Yeah. And so it's really important that we understand how stress, how cortisol is affecting our bodies and being cognizant of what are we doing to overcome that? Totally. I think this is something that... <clears throat> Obviously, I'll speak for myself, but what I've seen in working with a lot of men and in the society right now is that men oftentimes like, we're, well, we're really socialized to be production machines, right? We're programmed to like work, 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 constantly produce, right. produce, produce, yeah. provide, provide, provide. And there is a certain kind of reward that comes from that. Like it felt really good in many ways to be doing all the stuff that I did earlier this year. It was very successful by a number of mm -hmm. metrics, you know? Yeah. And at the same time, there was sort of this like, running on empty that I was fueling from caffeine and just, I guess, stress like cortisol. I was fueling this yeah. from another source that ultimately wasn't giving me the lifestyle that I wanted. And I know there's a number of other guys out there who are experiencing something like that. And it's funny in my men's group, we were joking about it just within the last couple of days, how like, Oh, Taylor, maybe you didn't need to work out more. Maybe you just needed to cuddle with your puppy <laughs> and then you would have had better sex. Who knows? That's right. You know? Yeah. Um, it, in the last hour just before our, our interview here today, I met with a wealth advisor, mm -hmm. a local wealth advisor. He's very successful. And there's a first time meeting. And I said, Thomas, what do you like to do? I like to work. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a, a two-year-old at home, little baby at home, yeah. and he's busy at work. And he has no hobby other than just work and coming home and being a dad. And and it's so common where high-performing men get into this routine this habit of taking care of everyone else around them but when is it time for you and and where's the balance in your life where you are create and this is about i talk about living with intention where you're carving out time yeah. for just you to do whatever the hell you want whatever it is you like to do i don't care if you like to go bowling or like to go for a walk on the beach where is you time where you can literally turn it off no phone no tablet no device mm -hmm. certainly no emf producing things in your ears and just enjoy whatever hobby it is that you enjoy enjoy life so you i mean it sounds like some pretty straight up simple advice <laughs> you want to live a better life like do fun things do fun things enjoy your life right yeah you have to enjoy it yeah, it will probably reflect yeah. in your hormones and then all these other areas that's right yeah so i want to give you a couple other numbers because i think it's really interesting and you're making me scratch my head too because i just did one of those online tests right i didn't go through, i don't have a medical provider right now analyzing any of these results and i thought similar to what you said i thought huh well just because it's normal doesn't mean that's where i necessarily want to be and my levels right. were on the lower and upper ranges of what normal is so they were lower in right. terms of like the free testosterone range it was actually nine so that's quite a bit lower than the There's 20 than the go. 20 you talked yeah, you're, about you're, and my sex you're less than half where you want to be yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting to hear. And my sex hormone binding globulin, which is the thing you talked about earlier, which binds to the testosterone in your body, that was up at 48.7, which is super, very, very, high. very close yeah. to what the quote unquote normal range is. And so yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, huh, when you're looking at me right now and you're hearing those numbers, like what thoughts are you having? Are you thinking, oh, Taylor? Very, very common. Yeah, so very common. So what's happening is, you, you know, you have low testosterone. Okay. Make no mistake about it. And your primary may say something very different, which is flat out wrong. Mm -hmm. But when you have suboptimal levels of free testosterone, what is it doing from head to toe? It's affecting cognitive function. So you don't have the mental acuity, the focus, the concentration, the memory uh, that you should. It affects your mood. So you don't have um, as much pleasure, but as much enjoyment in life. It affects your relationship with your partner mm -hmm. uh, where you don't feel um, like being as intimate as maybe you would otherwise. Um, it's important for obviously body composition It's important for skin It's important for muscle and bone health, 
So it helps you burn visceral fat, which relates to cardiovascular disease. In fact, we know that men with low testosterone have about a 30% increased risk of coronary vascular disease. Mm. Cardiovascular disease, major adverse cardiac events, about 30% increased with guys with low testosterone. That's been validated in over a dozen studies. So yeah. there's pretty clear evidence there. Um, it's associated with um, energy for sure. It's associated with uh, sleep quality, associated with, of course, you know, physical performance and recovery from workouts, recovery from sports. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it affects sexual performance. Um, it affects nearly everything. Yeah. Yeah. But yet it, it, it goes under the surface relatively unnoticed because you compensate for it and you overcome it with other, you know, raising cortisol mm-hmm. to help your mind, you know, try to function better. All these ways of, of coping and compensating. Yeah. Yeah. And my cortisol levels were pretty close to the high end of what's considered normal and similar yeah. with prolactin levels. Yeah. And it just gave me this picture of like, huh, I wonder what's really going on there. Sounds yeah. to me like you wouldn't tell me to just take testosterone supplements, right? Sounds like we'd have a longer conversation about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's never just testosterone. And I, I want to just preface that by first saying that I recognize and appreciate and value the, the natural ways to boost testosterone. I don't want to minimize those and, and that they are effective to raise testosterone. Mm-hmm. What I find when you do those things, you know, improving sleep quality, micronutrients, uh, heavy uh, strength training, especially the large belly muscles like quads and hamstrings and back and core, mm-hmm. um, working on proper nutrition, reducing stress, all these key, you know, sunlight to your, to your testicles actually helps to when you do all these non-invasive natural approaches to testosterone, it may help get your free T from seven to nine. Mm-hmm. Yay. And most guys need more than that as well. Mm. And so I don't look at it as either or. I look at it as and a lot of guys need testosterone replacement as well. However, that's just one piece of a much more complex picture that that guys need to understand that yeah. yes, testosterone is important as well as everything else that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So 30 years ago, testosterone levels are higher in everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, yeah, it's just not that way right now. So I'm right. curious, like, what do you think, if you could hypothesize, like on a systemic level, a societal level, like what do you think some of the societal level, and then we'll move to the individual, but some of the societal level impacts are of a whole like society of men with lower testosterone? Have you thought about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great question. No, great. Yeah. Very good question. Yeah. So what we've seen is that the parallel here is not just testosterone. Mm-hmm. We've actually seen a similar 50% decline in fertility. Yeah. We've seen a decline in sperm counts and sperm function and infertility. And so the underlying cause of all this, the etiology, which I believe is clearly toxins in our environment, which uh, have been demonstrated to have dramatic effects on uh, testicular function, mm-hmm. which includes sperm and testosterone. I truly believe, Taylor, if we don't change something, I've said this before, and I'll be, I've been very outspoken. If we don't change the current path in 20 years from now, we're going to have an impotent and infertile population of men. It's a big deal. And yeah. for whatever reason, it just doesn't get the attention that I think it needs. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps because people are still having babies. Like, yeah. Maybe less so than than usual, but or less so than it used to be, but still like babies are popping out pretty regularly, it seems yeah, to me. Yeah, de- definitely declining though. And you know, we see ob- obesity is worsening. You know, we've seen for the first time in decades that lifespan is actually decreasing. Mm. And some of it may be related to COVID, but without question, we're seeing for the first time in a long time, we're dying younger. Yeah. And so we've got to make changes. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're you're saying that you think that one of the biggest causes, if not the main cause of this is overall toxins in the environment, plastics, like all kinds of hormones and right. stuff in the water that's supply, right. which seems to me, if I'm thinking about it out loud right now, it's not the sort of thing. I mean, you can optimize a lot of stuff in your life, right? But what I'm thinking is like, you can't necessarily optimize away from using plastics, you know? And does, does it actually balance it out? I mean, I guess you could try to shift over to using all glass, everything, but here I am sitting at this microphone cable is plastic. I'm sitting on a plastic chair. Like my whole room is full of plastics everywhere, you know, and I'm drinking water that I am having filtered in reverse osmosis and adding minerals to it. But like, I'm still in the air with all these pollutants. So then I guess, yeah, the question is going back to what you said, like, is it even possible with lifestyle and diet to optimize enough to get up to the levels that you're talking about being optimal? 
Great point. So um, can you get rid of, uh, can you eliminate exposure to these toxins that are ubiquitous, that are freaking everywhere? Totally. No, you can't. You're, you're absolutely right that they're, they're truly everywhere. They're in your car. Shit, IV tubing. You go to the hospital and get an IV. The IV tubing is plastic as well. Yeah. Um, but what we know is that the longer um, that chemical, that plastic is in contact with our food or water or us, is when it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So things like our things that you can control are things like your laundry detergent, mm -hmm. things like your your deodorant, your soap, your shampoo, things that are going to be on your skin for a while. Um, you know, plastic bottles, water bottles are everywhere. Plastic Powerade, Gatorade bottles are everywhere. Plastic K cups are everywhere. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Um, non organic fruits and vegetables, which are sprayed with chemicals like atrazine and glyphosate. Um, a lot of the um, the non-organic, not a lot of the non-grass-fed uh, um, organic milk is full of chemicals mm -hmm. and full of hormones, synthetic hormones. Um, Non-filtered drinking water has synthetic estrogen from women's birth control. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there are toxins everywhere, and yes, it's literally impossible to avoid them completely. I believe that there are a lot of things that we can do on a daily basis to dramatically minimize that exposure. Mm -hmm. um, now, unfortunately, there are studies that show that there's a transgenerational effect. And so the exposures that our grandparents had and our parents had mm -hmm. have been passed down to us and will continue to pass those down to our next generation. That's kind of scary to think about. So it makes it that much more important that, you know, you want to do the best thing for your kids. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, there's a lot of epigenetics involved in, in how your lifestyle and exposures is directly affecting your germ cells, your sperm yeah. that are being passed down. This podcast is brought to you by all the men who've gone through my trainings over the years. Thank you. You are the sponsors of this show. It could not happen without you. Two things I want to share with you real quick. Number one is my Orgasmic Mastery course. It's a 10-week journey for men to become the best lovers they can possibly be, to master their sexual energy in the bedroom, to overcome premature ejaculation, overcome erectile dysfunction, experience full-body orgasms, full-body non-ejaculatory orgasms, and to be the man who blows his lover's minds. The second course is Semen Retention Mastery. This is an intelligent lifestyle design course where you get to master the art of sexual energy transmutation and really build up your life force and direct it into your business, your creative projects, your mission, whatever it is that you want to really excel at and thrive in in your life so you can live the life you truly want. So if you want to check those out, there are links in the episode description. And with all that being said, thank you again. Let's get back to today's episode. In the sake of science, just for anyone who's listening, I previously also did a fertility test just to see, because I think it's really interesting if I'm going to be nice. here talking about all this stuff. For me, all those levels were actually higher uh, or in, in like, well, I guess, you know, here I'm thinking out loud, like they were in the normal range, <laughs> but then what is normal? But yeah. I, right, there yeah, you go. That's the right. question. That's the yeah. question. That's right. Interesting. Okay. So I've got a handful of questions over here on my list that I would like to ask you. Uh, I guess sure. just talking about the hormones for a little bit longer in terms of lifestyle. Say, for example, somebody does want to make a shift and they do want to start with just general lifestyle stuff. They optimize their diet. They start heavy strength training. They do what a lot of the videos on YouTube are talking about and they, they hope to see results. How long does that kind of take? Is there is like, a, like a general baseline for that? Is it a month? Is it three months? And I say that because like I posted on this YouTube video and I shared all the details of everything that I was doing based on these other videos. And somebody said, oh, you should really recheck at the three-month mark because one month isn't enough time to change anything. Yeah. And I'm curious. I, um, I see it as a spectrum. Yeah. And so – the, the you know what are the natural things that we can do? I think for let's just set the foundation for the listener of what are these natural approaches or what are these lifestyle maneuvers that we you know mm -hmm. it's nutrition, sleep, stress, and fitness would be and I guess toxins could be our fifth. We'll talk about toxins very briefly. Mm -hmm. um, nutrition, I, I like to never paint myself in a corner and talk about one specific diet because everyone's so different and genetics and testing can tell us what foods you should or should not be eating. Mm -hmm. But in general, it's focusing on, you know, whole food diet. It's focusing on eating real foods, fresh, 
you know, fruits and vegetables, preferably organic. It's, uh, it's the lean meats and fish. If you're not vegan or vegetarian or plant-based, um, focus on, um, you know, grass fed meats, focus on wild caught fish. If you're going to eat those, mm-hmm. um, focus on making sure that you're eating the right, right macronutrient ratio. And that's different for every individual. Um, make sure you're focusing on the right amount to be calorie, caloric intake. That's based on race to metabolic rate, et cetera, and what your goals are and how much you should be eating. So, you know, work with someone to help figure that stuff out. Um, fitness, make sure that you're incorporating something into your daily life. Um, I like to just simply say, get off your ass and do something every day. Um, I, I think at least three days a week need to be strength training. Um, I think a lot of guys tend to overdo cardio, just go for a three mile jog, but that's not going to get you anywhere. You need to be building muscle and, mm. and, um, and often that requires strength training. Uh, most guys don't eat enough protein. So I like to emphasize, you know, at least 0.8 to one gram of protein per body weight and pounds daily. And that's tough to do for, you have to, you, have to, you know, this Taylor, you have to really work at getting enough protein in your, in your, in your diet. Um, I like intermittent fasting a few days a week, uh, looking at stress, stress mitigation. We talked about that a little bit already. I I won't belabor that point, but you know, what can you do to mitigate stress, Uh, meditation, mindfulness, um, uh, sauna is great, great for that as well. Uh, just freaking go out and enjoy whatever hobbies you like. Um, and then finally it's sleep and sleep gets underappreciated, but you need to get seven, seven and a half hours of sleep. And most guys don't get nearly close to that. And they think I'm fine with five hours of sleep. And, and you're just not, you're just, mm. you're fooling yourself. If you think you're okay with five hours of sleep. And that requires that you really make sleep a priority and set a schedule and have a sleep routine for those few hours before you go to bed where you're avoiding blue light and you're kind of getting your mind in a calm space. Yeah. So that's all the foundation. I want to make sure that we, we establish those are the things we're talking about doing. Totally. When you do all that stuff, mm-hmm. You're going to see benefit from day one all the way through day 365. Mm. Some of them are going to be very quick. Others are going to take a lot longer. So mm. a lot of guys are like, well, I got to burn 20 pounds of fat fast. Well, you're not going to do that in a week. You're, yeah. you're just not like, totally. like be realistic and, you know, think of how long it took you to get there. It's going to take that long to get you back again. And, and so I think being realistic about expectations is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in the first week, when you do all these things perfectly, you're going to have more energy. Yeah. You're going to more mental clarity. You're going to more, more focus. Totally. You're going to be able to think a little clearer. Things are going to be a little, a little bit sharper. Your mood may be a little better. And the next week, it may be a little bit more, a little better, mm-hmm. a little better. And so by the end of month one, yeah, you're starting to have get some momentum now. You maybe lost a pound. That's okay. We don't care about weight. We care more about body composition. Mm-hmm. So we're obsessed with metrics like lean muscle mass and visceral fat and body fat, which you, you, you need to measure that with a device of some kind. So so don't look at the scale so much as as – Look at how you're feeling. Yeah. Look at how you how you look in the mirror. Even um, the body composition changes are the last things you're going to see. Mm. Guys are wanting to see those love handles disappear. They're just not. But when you have the energy now and the focus, and you start to feel some confidence and momentum and drive, now you can start to really start to be that much more disciplined and vigilant about the fitness mm. and the sleep and the nutrition. And it's a journey. It's a process. There's not an end. Yeah. I think guys are looking for that magic day where they're finally done and I feel great <laughs> and I have great sex and I love my body. And I can just stop and, and go to shit again. Yeah. Think of it as a process and you're always getting better. You're always refining it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough because guys have unrealistic expectations about what's going to happen after a month. Yeah. Yeah. And so, oh, go ahead. well, yeah, I'll just say like, I, in doing the brief research that I did a month and a little over a month ago, starting to do my own 30 day thing, I, there were tons of videos and articles out there about like 30 day testosterone protocol. Like, do this thing in 30 days, do this thing in 30 days. Everything's 30 days. You know, you want the quick metric. And right. Yeah. I mean, quick win. Yeah. Totally. Quick win. Take, take the pill. Well, don't take right. the pill in this case. You know, do the lifestyle thing, but have it in a quick amount of time. So that makes sense. Like, three months probably would be a little yeah. bit different than one month. That's right. Yeah. Now I'll tell you, as part of my precision medicine practice, we do prescribe a lot of hormones. We prescribe a lot of supplements. We do prescribe a lot of peptides as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to emphasize that I do not believe that those replace the lifestyle stuff that we're talking about here. I think they go hand in hand. And for a lot of guys like you, for example, when your testosterone you know goes from seven to nine after all the hard work you did, it could be a little deflating. We're like, God damn it, I did all this hard work in it. Yeah. I still haven't gotten anywhere close to where I need to be. When we can fix hormones, 
by simply giving testosterone. And we can certainly talk about ways of doing that and safety and all that is documented. But when you do that, you're going to feel better so much quicker. You're going to have the energy and the drive where you're going to want to just crush it every day because now you've gotten some momentum behind you that mm-hmm. kind of helps give you that kickstart so you can do all the other hard work that you need to do. Yeah. Um, but I never want to um, leave my clients to believe that prescribing these molecules in any way can replace all the lifestyle stuff as well. Totally. Yeah. I heard yeah. somebody once say, I forget who it was, but when your testosterone levels do increase, it makes doing the work feel rewarding itself, like inherently. Yeah. It's like a reward rewarding mechanism, which is pretty cool. That's right. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's motivational. It, it's like you you feel like you're you're making progress. It's like yeah. it's like you're checking the boxes off that list. You know, some people get obsessed with just checking boxes off a list and, and it gives you that satisfaction for sure. Totally. You know, as you were talking earlier, I was thinking, and I, I've felt this at different times in my life. Oh, you listed exercise, you listed diet, you listed working out, you listed sleep, you listed all these protocols, man, that's a lot of work to do just to like be in an optimized space. Like, can't I just sit around and my body will work it out, (laughs) you know, or I know there are people who who fall into that and I fall into that sometimes. Like, why can't it just be, I don't know, simpler or something. And and I guess I think back to, if I think back to how we evolved, like we didn't evolve to be doing the things that we're doing today, right? Like I'm sitting way more even than I used to do in my previous career because of this particular kind of work. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting way more in my previous career than I, I was sitting way more in my previous career than I would have a hundred years ago, you know, because there weren't even computers. I would have been doing out something with my body on a regular basis. So like the entire context of life is just fundamentally different right now. Yeah. And I think that's probably why we're seeing so much of what we're seeing in the world. And which is why you're doing the work you're doing, sounds like. It's complex. You're exactly right. And guys are looking for the easy button and there's just not one. Yeah. And that's why we do what we do where, you know, we honestly, uh, you know, where we thrive and where we specialize is in helping connect the dots and put all those pieces together. Cause it's, it's confusing. It's overwhelming. And God, you look on, you go to Twitter and there's like 10 different people battling over the right tests to do for cardiovascular health or the right diet or the right fitness part. It's, it's, it's all nonsense where, you need to individualize it based on what's right for you. And that's why I say one size fails all. Yeah. And so it's complicated. So would you say that a lot of men out there, they're living suboptimally and they don't even know it and they don't necessarily have a reference point for what optimal even would be? I love the way you put that. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. You know, it it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know how good you could feel. And um, our tagline at Gap Institute is be your absolute best again. Mm. And that last word is very critical because we find that a lot of guys will suddenly wake up one day and it may be when they're 45, maybe when they're 52, but somewhere in that kind of 40 to 55 range, we're like, wait a second, shit, I don't, I don't feel like I used to. Mm. I can't, re- I can't recover like I used to. I can't burn fat. I can't build muscle like I used to. I can't have sex like I used to. I can't think like I used to. And I just want to be my best again. And so you're right that it sneaks up on you where for a while you you tend to compensate and think I'm fine, I'm fine, until suddenly you're like, holy cow, what happened? Mm-hmm. And it's it's predictably right around that age, anywhere from you know 40 to 55 when that happens. Yeah. So do you think, I know that there's talk of, and it's kind of generally understood that the desire for sex drops over time and with age. And our bodies change as well, right? Like say you live to 90 years old, right? You're not going to be functioning at 89 the same way that you're functioning at 30, you know, but you're saying you still can't optimize that. So I'm, I'm wondering, is there, let's see how to phrase this question. There is this emphasis in society on performance and strength and being optimized and might yeah. that in some way for some people overshadow the very natural process of aging into a lifestyle that is potentially more relaxed or more, uh, you could say, getting into the the wisdom category. Do you know what I mean by that? Am I articulating that? I, I, yeah, I, I think I understand where you're going here. And um, I, I think it, it's interesting. The, um, you know, the, the, the current focus is on longevity. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk around longevity and what are the, what are the, you know, we, we now understand kind of the, the 12 basic hallmarks, or, you know, what does, what does aging look like first of all? Mm-hmm. So then we can 
learn how to measure it and how to affect that. But a lot of things that we're trying to do to improve ourselves today may actually go against longevity, mm. maybe may go against that. So, you know, for example, mTOR, mTOR, um, mammalian target of rapamycin, it's a gene. Mm-hmm. And mTOR is a gene that is associated with um, anabolic growth. And so like when you t- eat protein, when you um, when your growth hormone kicks in, mm-hmm. you have a, a, a twice a day peak, especially just after midnight growth hormone surges, those stimulate mTOR. But we know that inhibition of mTOR is what actually promotes longevity mm-hmm. in animal studies. And so those kind of go obviously in opposite directions. And so there's this, this, this balance that we have to have between how do we optimize ourselves today mm-hmm. while still also looking that we can live to be 90 and not be like 90, like our grandparents were 90, but 90, like feeling like we do right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do believe is possible, but there's a really fine balance there. And, um, and a lot of guys are so focused on, you know, these bodybuilder dudes, for example, um, you see a lot of them, you know, drop dead at age 50 mm. and you can now understand that concept. You can understand why that, that it's kind of a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so is there a, is there a secret balance point? <laughs> where, where is that balance point? Great question. The answer is it's different for everyone, yeah. but there are ways that we can actually measure that. Mm. So we have several different clocks that we can measure biologic aging clocks Mm. that we can look at the rate of aging. And what I mean by that is not chronologically, you know, 365 days or a year older. We're talking that we can actually measure biologic aging processes. There are several tests out there now. Mm. We can measure how fast or slow your body is aging as an indicator of if what we're doing is actually working or not. Mm. And everyone's different. Interesting. So I guess it probably goes without saying that the earlier somebody starts to be mindful and aware of this stuff, the greater the impact it's going to have on longevity. Yeah, I think without question, you know, we know that that um, chronic inflammation, blood sugar regulation, mm-hmm. you know, cardiovascular health, hormone optimization, all these things affect longevity. Mm-hmm. And we do believe that you know the area under the curve matters, meaning that the, the duration of which you're having issues there matter, and so. Yes, I do believe that the earlier you identify those challenges and those blind spots, we call them, mm-hmm. then the better off you're going to be. Got it. So paint me a picture. I'm going to go back a couple minutes here. You said most men don't really know how good they can feel. Like, how is it possible? Like, how good can you feel? You know, like for the man who's listening, who's thinking, like, oh, I think my life's fine. I, I have a decent, you know, like, what, yeah. what could be, what could be better? Like what's, what's the optimal? So, and I ask this question a lot with clients when I first meet clients, I'll be you know, like, what, what is your why? What's important to you? And what are your goals and what does success look like? And all these kind of, you know, you know, no forward, um, casting, um, kind of questions mm-hmm. to me that it means that you feel your absolute best. Your mind is clear and focused and sharp. Your crystal clear clarity. You have, um, you know, I like to use the words unparalleled purpose and power and productivity. Mm-hmm. Where you are confident, where you are driven, where you feel alive, you feel like a man. Um, you um, have a strong sex drive, which I believe is part of being a man. And if mm-hmm. you're missing that, that's a problem. Um, I believe that you um, have energy to last you throughout the day and that you don't hit a wall and that um, you have um, passion Hmm. in your life and um, you have healthy relationships and you're active and you're, um, you're balanced in terms of the time that you spend at work versus with your family versus with hobbies versus fitness, et cetera. to me, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and you know, we talk about living your best life, and 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 that's different for everybody, obviously. But it, it's it's optimizing your, you know, I, I like to say optimizing your mind and body to function at the highest level. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for going into that. It, it answers another question that I had, which is like, what are some metrics? Like, what should men be experiencing in terms of yeah. of health? And I heard yeah. motivation. I heard 
drive. I heard I heard mm-hmm. passion as, as sort of markers of healthy being a healthy man. You also mentioned mm-hmm. the strong sex drive piece, and I'm guessing you mean beyond 30s and 40s. Uh, but even in in those ages, you said if that's missing, then that's sort of a problem. Can you say a little bit more about that? Any guy should have healthy, normal sex drive, and that goes for any age. Mm-hmm. And um, often, older men have a declining libido or sex drive because their hormones are declining. Mm-hmm. And so, I view that as an indicator, as a as a subjective assessment or metric that we can use to to gauge that. Mm-hmm. And so when your hormones are optimized, yes, you should still be having sex drive and, and sexual activity. Yeah. So yeah. let's say a guy came into you and he said, I've been really feeling low sex drive. I living with my, you know, my wife and I have been together for a long time and I just don't feel aroused anymore. Uh, or I can't get it up. Like, would you be quick to prescribe Viagra or Cialis or something like that? Or would you want to do a deeper dive into everything we've talked about? Yeah, definitely a deeper dive there. And, and you know, look, when you're in a long-term relationship, of course, it's going to become routine. You're with the same partner for decades. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. And, you know, that comes down to, you know, in that relationship, what can you do to spice it up? What can you do to vary it up? What can you do to make it exciting again? Mm-hmm. And it's it's about communication with your partner, you know, what your needs are and what your desires are. And, they, you know, that may be something that you haven't had a conversation about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's testing to understand, you know, what are the underlying hormone issues that may be at play? Maybe it's cortisol, as you brought up. You know, a lot of times it's related to that. It may be related to micronutrient issues, toxins. Gut health can directly affect this. Mm-hmm. Nutrition can directly affect this. Alcohol can affect it. So there, there are a lot of underlying things, Taylor, um, that I think need to be addressed first. Mm-hmm. And once you've done all that, and sometimes a little dose of Viagra or Cialis, in addition, can also just give a little nice kickstart to mm-hmm. sensitivity and performance as well. But that's never the the standalone solution, though. I, I like to think of that as a Band-Aid. Got it. Okay, cool. And so, yeah, use a Band-Aid sometimes. Uh, yeah. But and if I'm hearing you correctly, try not to make a lifestyle of relying on the Band-Aid. Correct. Yeah, it's a sign of an underlying issue, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Interesting. Cool. So yeah, I'm thinking of some other examples of of times when guys aren't in long-term relationships and they're still experiencing that. And and but when I know yeah. these people, I'm like, oh yeah, there are other psychological things going on <laughs> that you could take a pill for and it might mask things, but it, it's not gonna solve the underlying things happening. Right. Exactly. So you had um, you talked about longevity, you talked about aging a little bit, and it seems like you're pretty on the forefront of what's happening in the men's medicine space in the world. Is there anything that's really, really interesting or exciting to you that's coming out that's new or that you're seeing on the horizon or any sort of advances that you're like, wow, that is cool and that is going to change the game? Or there's already something here like that. Maybe those are two different questions. It's here. It's just not being adopted much yet. And that's really, uh, I like to call it a data-driven approach. And so what I mean by that is that there are tools that we can use to measure things right now today that could be having an impact on the things we're talking about when it comes to energy, cognitive function, mm-hmm. body composition, sex, things like CGM. So continuous glucose monitor or CGM is a way that you can track blood sugar. And this data is critically important because fluctuations in your blood sugar on a day-to-day basis can dramatically affect your metabolism, your energy, your ability to burn fat, and so on. Mm-hmm. So if your blood sugar is chronically elevated, you'll never burn burn fat. You're storing fat, not burning it. And I don't care how much you're, you're working out, you're constantly going to be storing fat. And so with a sim- simple little sensor that you can put on your arm, for those of you looking at on video, it's a, a little uh, you know half-dollar size sensor mm-hmm. That's about maybe a quarter of an inch thick that goes on your arm. It has a little in the middle of it has a little sensor that goes under the skin. And when you apply, you don't even feel it's a tiny little sensor. And it's measuring your blood sugar 24-7. Mm-hmm. And you can wear this device. The ones that we use last for two weeks at a time. Uh, there are a couple of different companies out there that make these, but the ones that we use last for two weeks. Some of them only last a week, but the one I use last two weeks. And it connects via Bluetooth to an app on your phone. And you can real time, 24-7, track your blood sugar. And so imagine that you have this tool that now allows you to understand how food is affecting your blood sugar real time. Mm -hmm. 
and understanding what foods may be great for you and what foods may be terrible for you. Mm. So I'll give you an example. I would have steel cut organic oats and berries for breakfast in the morning. Mm. Sounds like a pretty good breakfast, right? Eh. Not a protein. Yeah. Not a protein was the key. <laughs> yeah. This was years ago. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing fine. Yeah, I'll protein later. Wrong. Mm-hmm. Because my blood sugar spiked over 200 for a couple hours, which is bad. Typically, you want it under 140 or less. And if you eat, it may go a little higher than that, but you want to keep it as low as possible. And what I found was I was eating way too much carbs like that mm-hmm. without protein that has a disastrous effect on blood sugar. When I would simply put protein first, mm-hmm. and that could be eggs if they fit for me based on genetics and testing, et cetera. It could be Greek yogurt. It could be a protein smoothie, anything. Protein first before I eat those exact same foods. If they fit my macro calendar or mm-hmm. macro schedule, my blood sugar wouldn't spike at all. By simply putting protein first, mm. there's a great picture I like to show of eating a pear, how your blood sugar may spike to 180, 200, depending on the individual. Mm-hmm. But if you have a, like a scoop of like almond butter first, mm-hmm. negligible effect. Really? That's interesting. Fascinating, hmm. right? I would eat white rice. Blood sugar would go through the roof for over an hour, hour and a half. If I had salmon and Brussels sprouts first and had the same portion of white rice, negligible effect on blood sugar. Hmm. So by understanding these little tweaks and nuances in my diet, it changed everything. Yeah. It allowed me to understand how do I eat to control blood sugar. Helped me understand also to see how poor sleep crushes your blood sugar because it raises cortisol, which Mm. is mobilizing glucose for that tiger that's not coming. Mm. And so um, understanding that, I hate to belabor the point here on, on, on CGM, but it's one example of how we can use a tool, tech, to understand physiology. Yeah, We can measure stress. We can actually directly measure stress through a metric called heart rate variability or HRV. Mm-hmm. So HRV is uh, simply the variation in your heartbeat from one beat to the next. And you think, well, my heart beats 70 or 80 or what do you mean? Well, yeah, it is. However, it actually varies with every single beat. So it may be 70.01 and then go to Mm 69.98. And it may vary by microseconds with each heartbeat. And that variation is actually a direct indicator of our body's stress. It's the balance between our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems that are reflected in that heart rate variability. The higher the variability, the higher the variation in your heart rate shows that you have dynamic ability to adapt to the environment as it's happening real time fast. And that's a a sign of a a nice parasympathetic rested system. And so high heart variability is good. Mm -hmm. Low heart variability is generally bad. Okay. Although you never want big fluctuations. Right. And so you can measure this real time. So we use a device and I'll lower my camera for a second. That goes just right here, mm-hmm. just under your chest and right here under the xiphoid process, which is your rib cage here. You can put the sensor and every morning I do this. My clients do this 6am wake up and for three minutes, two and a half minutes, I'll measure my HRV. And from one day to the next, now I can see real time changes in my heart variability and if it's varied, I can understand why. Mm. And I can see real time the effects of the work that I'm doing to help lower cortisol and lower stress. Yeah. I could see how having real time metrics to watch what's actually happening in the body, I could see how that could be really useful. Like I have a, yeah. I have a Fitbit, which does not anything nearly as advanced as that, but it's been a, just a cool reminder to just see, oh, have you got your heart rate up today? No. Like it's time to get out right. and move your ass. Right. You know, just like something there on my system right. to help me remember. Oh yeah. Don't just sit on your ass today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's awesome. And that's really interesting. And I'm guessing a million guys aren't going to go out and immediately start doing that. Like in your ideal world, if you could do like uh Dr. Tracy's fantasy world for a second, like what would you prescribe society? You know, if you could prescribe like three things for all men to do more of or less of. First, I would say, and this may sound a little corny, cheesy, but living with intention, you know, we all know what to do. 
We know generally, yeah, you're supposed to eat clean, you're supposed to exercise, you're supposed to sleep, mitigate stress. And I can see it in guys' eyes sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But give me the good stuff. Give me the I need, I want the I want the testosterone. I want the peptides. Give me the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you're living with intention, what do I mean by that? That means that you're focused on your why. That you have a burning desire. Keywords there from Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. When you have a burning desire to achieve something, you will stop at no end to achieve that. And whatever your why is, for me, it's my kids be the best dad I can be. Mm-hmm. That burning desire carries me through to make the right decisions. Whatever else we may talk about, it's I'm now focused and I'm dedicated. I'm committed to living with intention and, and doing the right thing. So I think it starts with that and everything else kind of goes downhill from there. Mm. Um, so first is that. The second one, I, I would come back to again, sleep. And most guys will not appreciate the value of sleep and how important it is for, you know, think about it this way. When you exercise, you're not building muscle, right? Mm-hmm. You well, are not building when you exercise. You're not built. In fact, you're freaking tearing down muscle when you exercise, right? Mm-hmm. You're lifting weights. You're tearing down muscle. So that what? So that you can build it back up again stronger when, when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. That's the key point here is anabolic repair, recovery, muscle build, et cetera, happens when you're sleeping. Growth hormone peaks just after midnight when you're sleeping. And so, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to, to, to be intentional about your sleep and make sure you're getting at least seven and a half hours of sleep at night. Schedule it. I got to be up at six. Therefore, 10 o'clock, I got to be in bed. Yeah. It, it, like, like it's, it's a deal breaker. There's, there's no non-negotiables. There's, there's nothing that's going to change that. And when you're clear like that, it becomes much easier to kind of stay focused. Totally. Let me add just a personal anecdote for if you're listening, yeah. if you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, 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 sleep, I'll sleep better, et cetera. I, I've been on this personal journey this year of, of optimizing my health in a, in a few different ways. And I decided after hearing enough people say this, I was like, you know what? I, fuck it. I've got to figure this sleep thing out to get to, to improve my sleep. Cause it's something I haven't had. Yeah. I haven't got, had great sleep in years. So I've in the process of investing like 1500 bucks in a sleep therapy program. It's cognitive behavioral therapy and okay. it's, it's working for me. It's working really well. So I'm just sharing that as an example of if you're a listener, like I'm taking action. You know, I'm, I decided this is, doesn't need to just live in the hypothetical realms anymore. Like, and, and it's so far has paid off. Two of the guys in my men's group have also done the same program and have had great results. And I'm sure there's plenty of other programs that are out there. And I'm not trying to advertise this. I'm not going to share. It's just a local therapist who does it, but like it's, it's changing me after being in it for five weeks and it's, yeah, I'm stoked about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Kudos to you, man. Congratulations. Thank you. I love it. So that yeah. was your number two. What's your number three? That's number two. Yeah, and the third one I would be is, is watch what you eat. And I know this sounds s- simple, but watch what you eat and watch to the point that you're actually tracking it. You're mm-hmm. actually measuring it. And so by this, I mean, use a tool. Again, there's tech at our disposal here. You can use uh, My Fitness Pal is a great one. You can use Chronometer. I love, I use with my clients and you can get a free version. And simply watch what you eat. Enter in every single thing you eat for a day, do it for three days straight, and look at your caloric intake and look at the macronutrient ratios of what you're eating. And most guys will be shocked to see how little protein they're eating, how much carbs they're eating, and how much they're eating overall. Mm. And so just watch what you eat, literally, and you'd be shocked to see some changes you can make right there. Yeah. And none of those first three involved heavy weightlifting. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which is pretty wild. You know, just to reflect on it for a moment, I grew up eating cold, sugary cereal and milk, yep. you know, like half percent or whatever that was like non-organic, non-grass-fed milk growing up. I'm like, man, what would, it's, you know, here I am now, today's great. But like, what would life have been like if I had eaten some eggs in the morning in high school? Like I certainly <laughs> would not have fallen right. asleep every day. Like, holy shit, why did, why was that even thought of as a good idea? You know? Yeah. Just side note. We, we didn't, we didn't know back then. Yeah. We were eating the cookie crisp and the, and the, um, fruity pebbles. And yeah, I was with you, man. Pop tarts. <laughs> we didn't know any better. Yeah. Cookies and milk for breakfast. Well, yeah, right. is there any last piece? And we're getting to here to the end of our interview time. Any last piece that feels important to share that you haven't shared or something that you want to leave men with like a hopeful 
a hopeful note, like society's fucked, testosterone levels are dropping, but hey, you can also experience thriving life. This is kind of what I'm hearing you say. That's right. It's never too late to, to turn the corner, get tested. You know, I call it find your blind spots, identify what's holding you back, what may be holding you back without even realizing it below the surface. It may be hormones, it may be micronutrients, it may be inflammation, gut health. Get tested. And you could do that through, you know, we have testing available. There are a bunch of other companies out there that offer testing. Get your labs checked, see where you are and find those blind spots and just start from there. Hmm. Got it. So it sounds like you'd recommend if a guy's feeling unmotivated or, or kind of low energy, low sex drive, go out and get a testosterone test or get something that looks at more than just testosterone. Yeah. I think any guy over 35 with a heartbeat needs to get tested. <laughs> There's a lot, of, a lot of tests that I find valuable um, as really just baseline testing. And, um, you know, when I first started this, I, I got tested and I didn't even know how bad I felt. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a little off, but I'm not that bad. Hmm. So we are in general, we as men are poor judges of how far off we may be. Hmm. And so just get tested and you'll be shocked. Sound like your life improved post testing based on all the things that you did. For sure. Cool. Well, so I'll put in the show notes again, that link to my YouTube video, if you want to hear a little bit more of my journey with this stuff and the awesome. numbers and numbers and everything. And I want to make a follow-up video in a little while. And Tracy, are you open to an email with just some questions for me for the follow-up for video? Sure. Yeah, man. Cool. Awesome. Absolutely. And say somebody wants to find your work or work with you, how can they find you? Oh, thanks so much. So website gapinstitute.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do have a, a gift for the listeners. I have my high performance health handbook. It's uh, 15 strategies and tactics that anyone can use today to have more energy, lose weight, burn fat, build muscle, have better sex. And that's just uh, text the word health, H-E-A-L-T-H, text the word health, the 26786. Again, that's 26786, the word health. Awesome. Sweet. Wow. Thank you so much. Really interesting conversation. Given me a lot to think about. And I appreciate your time and appreciate the work you're doing in the world. And if you listener or watcher on YouTube, have any questions or thoughts, leave a comment on YouTube is the best place to do it and, or reach out to Dr. Gappin. And yeah, I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your day and I'll see you next time.